Welcome to Conversations. My name is Caroline Star Walrad, and I'm your host today. We will be meeting Maureen Nunn. You know, Maureen is a counselor. She is also the author of a book called Got Kids. She's an educator and a bilingual in Spanish, and she's a professional speaker. And she also has an award-winning cable show that she's had before in Los Angeles. But best of all, she's a mother of five beautiful adult children and a beloved grandmother to those those children's children. Now, Maureen, on July 4th, you are receiving the Kenneth T. Norris Junior Heritage of Freedom Award for Humanitarian. What a well-deserved honor. Uh, Welcome to Conversations, Maureen. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. This is such an honor and a privilege. I'm very, very excited, and uh, I just hope I can live up to a few of those uh, kind remarks that you made at the introduction. So, Caroline, thank you for doing this. This is just a a real, real special, special um, conversation. So thank you, and God bless you. Well, God bless you. And Maureen, there's a reason why I'm doing this, because you have so much to offer people. Um, You have so much experience, and you have a heart, and you have wisdom, and you have faith. And between all those, um, your book is really outstanding. I'm saying it's a must-need for everybody. With You know, you, it's one of those books you put on a shelf, and then you buy one for somebody else. Oh, so we're going to talk, yeah, we're going to talk about what's in that book. Um, do you mind sharing some communication techniques? Because this is about communication, isn't it? You know, I think it's probably the single most important thing, and uh, I think that God has a really good sense of humor and wanted me to learn very specific communication techniques because we had four teenage daughters at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you know, these kids don't come with instructional manuals on how to talk to your teenagers and the necessity of really starting to talk to your kids, the, you know, even even when they're, in the womb, you know, doing things like that. But I think that communication really, as you just mentioned, Caroline, is the single most important thing. And it's probably, when we think about talking, it's probably more about listening and asking open-ended questions, such as when your kids get into the car, first thing when you pick them up from school is, tell me about your day. Instead of, so, how did it go? Because how did it go can be answered by either grunting a sound like, or it can be answered. (laughs) I've heard that sound before. (laughs) Sure we have. Or it can be answered like, oh, yeah, uh uh-huh, whatever. And um, But I think, uh, tell me about your day. Tell me about the highlight of your day. Tell me what you'd like me to know about your day being in school. And then as a parent, you know, um, I'll, t- I'll share some things about my day where I was in the office. So it's kind of like asking a question, listening, and then connecting. Um, this is not a conversation to preach, but I really do feel that uh, some of the younger generation, with the technological apparatuses that they are that they have, and texting and everything else, is really almost, I think my grandson used this word, dehumanizing the really very, very special bond that you have with another person. So anything that we can do to promote communication, effective communication, 
One really great tip that I learned from the principal at Palos Verdes High School was in listening techniques, there are five words. Oh, my, really, hmm, wow. And I said, I came to this seminar to learn five words, but I could (laughs) hardly wait to go home and actually try it. And one of my daughters had said, oh, you know, Mom, you just can't even imagine what happened at school today. Um, The teacher didn't even... Uh, the teacher didn't even answer my question. And instead of saying, well, probably your question wasn't that good or she probably explained it before, I said, really? She said, yeah, you know, and and just went on and on and on. And all I did was say, oh, my really human wow. And it it worked. That it worked. And it worked. And she said, mom, thanks a million for listening. (laughs) Wow. um, So one of the questions that, I'm really interested in because you do counseling. You are a counselor and you see a lot of kids, I am sure, that are struggling with all kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. What do you think they are missing most in their communication? What is it that they're missing? Is it because they've never been communicated with ever anywhere? Um Going back to the effective ways of communicating without being totally simplistic of the, oh, my really human wow, and then the open-ended questions, um, um, I do believe that parents, and I can't generalize, but parents, including myself, before I learned these effective communication skills, have a tendency to not bark orders, if you will, but just say, do your homework, set the table, it's time for dinner, Turn off the communi- turn off the computer. Um, let's hurry up. You're late for soccer. Where's your backpack? Uh, that type of thing. So it's, oh, it's I, pretty- I can understand that. It's, it's difficult when you're on a time schedule. Exactly. And um, I this the this is probably specifically directed to the teenagers. I'm finding in counseling that they have no coping skills at all. Mm. They break up with a girlfriend, and they try to talk to their parents about how sad they're feeling, and maybe one of the comments, well, we'll get over it, you're, you're young anyway. So mm-hmm. they just really, they, they're not able to soothe themselves and to actually come up with coping skills that will serve them, that will support them. So what soothes the, the teenager very quickly are drugs and alcohol, because they don't have to feel anything or just distancing themselves from their parents. So I think that that teaching effective coping skills is something that we really need to be mindful of. And also to, when you have a conversation with with your child, whether it be a teenager or a child, to actually sit down with them, give them eye contact, eliminate your, all the technology, the TV, whatever is on, and really, really listen and tell them. I really love you so much. I want to hear what you have to say and and very, very much listen and keep your mouth shut and just listen and then, mm-hmm. you know, they will definitely come to you and talk to you because they know that they can, that you'll be there to listen and not judge them. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think sometimes the gift of a zipper is really a good idea. Exactly, exactly. And I have to remind myself of that as well because uh, there's a tendency to say, to, to try to help them to, uh, to 
fix what's wrong and and to offer that oh well don't worry about it it's not that big a deal you know um but it, some for, for many of them it is a very big, what they're going through is a very very big deal it is a big deal it's mm-hmm. a very very big deal and i think in this day and age they're very big deal things well said and coping skills are very important because it's hard enough for even adults to sort through the emotions or we've learned our own coping techniques and now we share those with our kids by not having a communication with them. Very so well how do the children learn coping skills from outside of the family? Because it's difficult to change the parent all the time. It's easier to change sometimes the child. But where do they start opening up to listen, to hear what they could be? What brings them to you as a counselor? When does it, when is it, um, When's the apex of all this? So that are they in crisis before they hear it? For for many of them, they have not. Ha- they have not. They have felt that when they talk to their parents, that their parents are just absolutely not there for them. That their job is much more important that, than they are. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, they describe themselves as being invisible, not wow. having a voice. And when a person is invisible, doesn't have a voice, they make themselves invisible. They start uh, withdrawing. They start isolating. They start hanging out with friends who will accept them and, uh, you know, start drifting away from the family. Well, it reminds me of some of our basic needs, and one of them is belonging to a group. So if you don't have a group with your family, then you have a group outside of your family. Absolutely, and I know that some of my counseling was in, is, has been in former gang members, and that's the thing that they have been so honest about their life. Uh, they they are not slamming their parents, but they are saying that they really needed guidance and direction. Mm-hmm. Um, they have said to me, and that's you know I wrote this in my book because I I really got a lot of help from them and permission to. Uh, include their remarks. I don't put their names in it, but their remarks. And they said, you know, we really needed to 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 be loved. And in being loved, you want to feel safe. You really want to have boundaries and limits. Um, you want your parents to be kind, and you want your parents to give you an attitude of gratitude. Great job. I'm glad you were born. That's a way to go. That type of thing. And positive affirmations when they did something right and they just it was just the complete opposite so they they didn't feel safe there were no boundaries and limits come home when you want um we don't you know we don't really care who you're out with and uh just ignoring them and to be and to repeat this they really felt like they were invisible within the family unit and so just like you said so wisely caroline they sought love outside the family and you know uh oftentimes it was not not a good support system. So, so with a with as a parent, and many are single parents. That's the other issue that I'm sure in our society we're working with is the amount of single parents. Mm-hmm. And so the 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 parent who's in has the children, um, many times the mother, but it could be the father. They have to work, and a lot of times it's longer hours. So it's a matter of you know the whole societal problem of who's taking care of the kids. Mm-hmm. So I want, it reminds me once of someone that I knew that actually worked a long hours and very good job to support shit for children. And I asked her once, 
why are your children are so beautiful, they're so communicative, and yet you have so little time with them. What is your secret? Mm-hmm. She said, I spend time with each one once a week. So mm-hmm. every one of them knows that they've got an hour with mom. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but in actuality, I think it's quite a bit when they it know is. they have a special hour with their mother or their father. It is, and uh, they will t- uh, oftentimes in counseling when the parent is having a real, real difficult time with the child, uh, th- I will say spend 10 minutes with that child uh, a day and um, th- because then the bond is really strengthened. I think spending, you know, letting that child know that they have an hour a week is just awesome. And some parents will say, well, what do I do with my child? And I'll say, mm-hmm. your child will direct you to what they want to do. Mm-hmm. It's too bad in my own situation where I didn't like um, miniature golf. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I had a daughter who absolutely loved it. I had another daughter who loved, uh, she had a pet mouse. Too bad that I just didn't love this pet mouse. And uh, <laughs> the poems she wrote and the condos that she built for this pet mouse. So I think that... Um, I think that that really helps. You know, a sense of humor really goes a long, long way. Mm-hmm. And and children, as we as you know, they love to see their parents laugh, mm-hmm. and they love to hear their parents laugh out loud. They really, really do. And um, you know, if you walk through your day, try listening for the sounds of people laughing out loud. There are just not a lot of those sounds. So I think mm-hmm. that we can even start inside the family with. Uh, you know, just really enjoy with your children. Go out with your children. Have fun with your children. Mm-hmm. Laugh with your children. Mm-hmm. And just enjoy it because, as as we know, they are little for such a short period of time. Very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And we actually have them longer as adults. And that whole adulthood is built with the foundation of them being home for a very short time. Mm-hmm. It's really true. Um Gosh, I know that my grandson now is graduating from high school, and I, mm-hmm. in a blinking of an eye, I'll think, "Wow, mm-hmm. it just where did those?" I can we can say, "Where does that time go?" Mm-hmm. So, well, um, I heard my daughter say that the other day. So now it's just you know, <laughs> <laughs> where does the time go? And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. You just got to really bring you back to the moment, doesn't it? It, it does. really keeps you out of worrying about where you're going to pay the bill tomorrow or." you know, what you're going to do at work versus what happened to you yesterday. And that is, for me, a, a challenge in our society because the TV brings you to another space and time. It's not really now. It's not what's happening. And that eye contact with a person is so important that really, you know, somebody, we were talking about an hour, but you, you can do it in less than 10 seconds of really giving somebody your attention. Exactly. Um, I have... Um and also, I think uh, bonding with your children at home and in their activities and enjoying, really, really enjoying it. And maybe even if you have to do self-talk, like if you have to leave the office to go someplace, please, you know, I just really want to have a good time. I will have a good time. I will enjoy with my son or daughter, mm-hmm. and I will just enjoy this period. So, um, mm-hmm. And expect a good outcome. Expect exactly. a good communication. Of, expect it. Yeah. Exactly. One of my neighbors just took... Uh, her daughter on a road trip and said she had the time of they had the time of their lives together on the road trip and they just enjoyed they laughed they they saw new things and uh, it was just a, an incredible mother-daughter bonding experience so 
you know, and I bet she left her video pad, her iPad at home. She did. I bet indeed. the video games were not part of her lifestyle <laughs> on that trip. Her mother actually told her to. Her mother actually gave her a journal and a pen, and, and in the evening she actually wrote down the, a, what they'd seen, where they'd been during the day. So she'll have that for the rest of her life, and then. Um, you know, photos as well. They're going to do some hard copy photos in, inside the journal. So, Isn't that wonderful? You know, I, I had a trip with my father when I was little, and do I remember it? I remember it. Mm-hmm. I still remember it as how special that was that he singled me out and took it, me on a trip. I think it is, and you carve unforgettable memories with that. I mean, just look what you you and your dad, mm-hmm. and, and you'll just never forget that. And um, and And... Um, as well I did with my father, and it was just, uh, those are just, you can't, you just cannot um, let those go because, uh, as we said, you know, here it is, here is the now, and Mm -hmm. that was then, and you can't reclaim that. Mm -hmm. So we're always looking at our parents who did or did not give us communication skills by communicating with us, Mm -hmm. and now we have our children, and we tend to do as we were taught. And where do you see that cycle really being broken? Who needs to start it? I, I, maybe I've taken a lot of liberties here. <laughs> you take them. <laughs> but I think when we grow up, we pretty much know, is this working or is this not working? Is screaming, yelling, swearing, and put-downs working? Or is kindness and treat each other the way you want to be treating the best way to go? Mm. I think when we're when we're very very young, we realize that um, that the screaming, yelling, swearing, and put downs are probably so so diff- They're just not pleasant. Who wants to come home to that? But when you're treating somebody the way you want to be treated, is definitely wel- a welcome mat. And so, so I think that. Go ahead. Right. No, I think that if we grow up with the very negative things and we realize it's not working, that we have the power to break that cycle. It's not easy because, as you just said so wisely, Caroline, what we grow up with, we tend to model. But if we know, in, but if we know that it doesn't feel good um, because it's not pleasant, then we have that power to break that cycle. And to find out, you know, what is going to work mm-hmm. with a, with a effective and positive communicating with children. Exactly. And then go from there. Right. It really doesn't matter at what point in our lives we make that choice. I've noticed that when somebody is older and makes the choice to start a different communication cycle because something, they were ready. At whatever point they needed that to shift their lives, they right. actually shifted their children's lives and other people's lives. So one person can make a huge difference. They can. That. And sometimes sometimes um, I'm asked, well, gosh, how long is this going to take? And uh, maybe you've seen these television commercials. If you buy a product, you get to try it for 30 days, <laughs> money-back guarantee. That's exactly how long it takes to make a break of habit is 30 days. Yeah. I, I need to floss my teeth and my dentist said to me, only floss the teeth that you want to keep, <laughs> which I thought was wonderful. And, and she said, Maureen, she said, you know, it's going to take, I said, Dr. Hayashi, it's going to take 30 days to make or break a habit. And she said, mm-hmm. indeed, it will. So 30 days to make or break a habit of, of getting out of the, 
you know, the negativity and start, you know, implementing some things that actually do work. It just takes a little persistence. And the rewards come actually pretty fast. 30 days isn't that long. Yeah, they pretty – I'm on day 26 of the flossing, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I had a dentist who only cleaned half my mouth and said, you're going to floss or I won't clean the other half. <laughs> That's how I learned. Exactly. Well, I love your humor. There's so much to talk about. You are a wealth of knowledge and experience. Thank you so much. And can, can I, may I call you again and have some conversation? Of course. Thank you. This is an Yay. honor and a privilege for me, and I just am very grateful for everything that you're doing. And, uh, yes, please do. So, um, as I said, uh, thank you again, and God bless you.